What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. This is the Quick Cage. And Frank, what movie is are we going to talk about tonight? So we're mostly going to talk about Rumblefish because um, I really enjoy that movie, even though it's a bit part for Mr. Cage. And then just to round it out, because he's not in it much, we're going to talk about his like ten seconds that he's in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's that's the bonus. So we're we're, we're clearing two Quick Cages tonight. Okay. All right. Sounds um, good to me. And one less episode. <laughs> right. This this will bring us up to thirty, I think. Thirty total movies. Um so that's like a third of the or a quarter of the way to completion. Okay. I don't think we're that far yet, but it's close. We're close. I counted I counted twenty eight tonight that we talked about, but I might be wrong. I hope to God I'm not because there's uh, like looking at those movies I don't want to talk about them anymore. The ones I have marked off on my list. Right. Um, anyway, so Rumblefish is an 83, um, I don't even know what you would call it, like, kind of like latter-day French New Wave, uh, beat poet movie, like, via film noir, kind of, that, uh, Francis Ford Coppola made. Um, he had made the Wanderers, I want to say. Okay. Um, right before that, and then um, while he still had some of the cast and some money, oh, Outsiders, I'm sorry, not the Wanderers, I'm an idiot. He made the Outsiders, and when he had money left over, they just filmed Rumblefish really quick. Hmm. Um, stars Mickey Rourke and um, uh, Matt Dillon, uh, primarily. Um, also has Diane Lane um, in an early role for her. Um, Cage plays a guy named Smokey who's a lieutenant in Matt Dillon's gang um, initially, and then eventually like usurps Matt Dillon's power and becomes the leader of the gang and steals Diane Lane from him. Um, he's like an absolute douchebag in the movie. Uh, the basic story is that Matt Dillon's older brother, played by Mickey Rourke, who's called the Motorcycle Boy, um, has basically disappeared for a couple of years. Um, he was the guy that like ran all the gangs in town and everybody looked up to, but he like left home. And Matt Dillon's kind of coasted off of his reputation for a while to, like, lead his gang. Um, and when Mickey Rourke comes back, he's kind of changed because he's seen a little more of the world and, like, lived a life and trying to get his younger brother to kind of stay away from doing the dumb things that he did when he was young. Um, Mickey Rourke plays him as, like, a combination of Tom York and Jesus, maybe, I guess, <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. It's a weird performance. Um, I think, I think Mickey Rourke was probably like stoned or something like the majority of the time. Um, I mean, there's some really artsy stuff in it. It's, it's, it's pretty well filmed. It's a surprisingly almost like immature for Coppola, considering that he made this movie after he'd already made 
um, two Godfather films and Apocalypse Now and The Conversation. So this feels a lot like like the student film that he never got to make. Um, so I'm not sure, like, I mean, I again, like, it feels like a big homage to, like, you see, like, Godard in it, you see, like, Truffaut in it, you see, um, you know, fucking, what's his name, like, Kerouac elements in it. Um, there's definitely, like, this feeling of, like, a love of, like, jazz and, like, the urban patois of, like, the city or whatever. Um, so it's kind of pretentious in a lot of ways, but it's it, it looks really nice. Um, there's some pretty innovative stuff in it um, in terms of, like, the way that uh, Coppola uses the camera. Um, if you've never seen it, like, it's not very long, and it's 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 worth watching. It's up on uh, Peacock, the NBC um, free streaming. So Nicolas Cage's performances basically break down to, like, three scenes in this movie, and he's just an asshole in, in all of them. Um, he's kind of like the laid-back antagonist of, like, trying to push the Matt Dillon character into doing bad things while not necessarily, like, owning any of that responsibility or helping in any way. Like, he's trying to be, like, motivate the gang to do stuff, but he doesn't want to, like, physically take part in any of the things he's trying to motivate him to do. Um, and then later, uh, he actually has a pretty decent monologue where he tells Matt Dillon, like, you know it was your gang, but now it's mine. This was your girl, but now she's mine. The only thing you had going for you was your brother's name. And that's not even worth anything anymore. Like you're too dumb basically to be in charge of anything. And Matt Dillon just kind of takes it. Oh, Nicholas Cage gets Diane Lane to break up with Matt Dillon because they go to an orgy in like some podunk hotel they break into. And then Nicolas Cage tells um, Diane Lane about it, and she dumps Matt Dillon. Because he really is, like, a pretty giant idiot in the movie. Um, which, you know, it's, it's, it's a role he plays well. Uh, but Nicolas Cage is really smarmy. You never really have any sympathy for him. He's got this really poofy pompadour that's kind of like the Elvis Presley, but also... Um, like Rizzo from Greece, I guess. Mm. So it's it's not. It's like they were trying to make him John Travolta, but there's too much like shit in it, so it just I don't know. <laughs> it's not very attractive. Um, but it's a pretty understated performance on his part. I mean, he really is just kind of like this quiet, like unctuous, like weasel. So yeah. Um, I don't. Have you ever seen Rumblefish? I have not. It's one of those weird movies that I saw when I was really small for some reason, like probably in like before I was 10, and I have no idea why. And then it, like I bought a copy of it on VHS at um, Video Clearance Outlet hmm. for like $3 in, um I don't know, whatever, like 94 probably or something, and I watched it a couple times and was really into it then because I thought it was like really well-filmed, and now I kind of just see it. Like I, I still feel like it's well-filmed, and I feel like Coppola shows a lot of real... Um, good instincts in terms of like his filmmaking and there's some camera tricks they do like um, the whole movie's in black and white um, mostly because Motorcycle Boy is supposedly colorblind like that's one of the themes in the movie Okay. Um, except when they go to the pet store and he's looking at the betas in the fish tank and he sees them in color so I was reading about it because I thought that was a really interesting technique that you like it's, everything's black and white except for these fish in color 
And I was wondering if they went and like manipulated the frames of film, like colored the frames of film or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apparently what Coppola did was he projected the dailies onto a screen and had the fish tanks in front of them and everything in the fish tanks were black and gray except for the fish that were in color and that's how mm. they filmed that's and made cool. it yeah. they were working in the fish tanks and stuff so there's some pretty cool stuff like that in it yeah um i mean it's not like a classic of cinema but um it's kind of like you know do you remember wag the dog like, yep. mm-hmm. wag the dog's not a super great movie but it's also kind of cool because it's basically just barry levinson taking leftover money from sphere and right. being like, fuck it, this is a movie I want to make. And so kind of like seeing Coppola do the same thing. Like, I'm going to make, yeah. you know, The Outsiders, which is this, like, real Hollywood movie, um, to take, like, the money he had left over and just go and film this little, like, quick, almost, like, art school project that he was into. Um, I, I I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's no, I, it is. And it's, it's the same writer, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. S.E. Hinn, I think, right? Is the guy that did? Right. Um, you know, and like as much as I kind of like shit on Nick or um Francis Ford Coppola for his later stuff, like this is a man that is responsible for some legitimate classics of like American cinema, sure, and has a string of movies for like almost ten years that are almost like like it's impossible to argue that they're not like all really strong, really good movies. Right. Um, so to see this kind of at the end of like that output where he's just like, hey, this is something I've wanted to do and a story I'm into and like to have them do it. Like, I think that's, I think it's an interesting, an interesting exercise to watch it. Um, and honestly, all the performances are pretty good. Like I know I made fun of like Mickey work, but Mickey works just Mickey work, but Diane Lane's really good in it. Um, Sophia Coppola is young and she's in it and she actually like one of my favorite actresses in the movie, like one of Hmm. it's a minor performance, but it's really good. Like it's got, um, reminds me of a, what's her name in, um, American graffiti playing the young girl. Uh, it's very gotcha. similar in tone to like that. Um, Peggy, Peggy like, Williams or something like that. Yeah, just like the bratty. Oh, no, yeah, the, brat, the little girl. Yes, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Just the bratty younger sister that's kind of like in the way, but yep. mm-hmm. infatuated with like the tough older guy. Sure. Um, Dylan is honestly really good in it. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Dennis Hopper. A um, couple of really like kind of difficult to watch scenes playing their alcoholic father hmm. who clearly loves them but like can never provide anything real for him um so i don't know yeah it's uh doesn't he play an alcoholic father on hoosiers as well is that do i am i remembering that correctly is that right i think that's right Dennis Hopper, yeah. i'm not um not a huge hoosiers whatever fan <laughs> hoosiers 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 yeah, anyway, not the not the big fan. I, I liked it when I was a kid. Um, but I have not seen it since I was probably like eight or nine years old. But. I don't think I don't think it really had the right effect on me when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I don't think that I necessarily because I was well, I'm trying to think it was loosely based off Bobby Knight, right? I mean Is that right? I, I don't I, it has to be, right? Like I mean, because Gene Hackman, I remember being a a complete asshole in that movie like and it has to be like loosely based off of like the stories about bobby knight in some way i would think or uh, maybe not maybe they're marvin, all just marvin wood apparently i don't know who that is i don't know he's i'm going to that... i'm going to just keep continuing to believe throughout the rest of my life that it's based off bobby knight okay <laughs> i mean that's cool 
Maybe they beat Bobby Knight. I'm really like rushing through reading this stupid Wikipedia article. Um, I think it's high school rather than college, anyway. So I'm even wrong on that. So I, I, I know I'm. It is high school. Yeah. But see, so I was like right on the cusp of being a teenager mm-hmm. when Hoosier came out on video. So I was probably like 11 when my parents would have rented it, and I was not had I had no interest in sports at 11 years old. Right. So I didn't give a shit about fucking this basketball movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I've seen it since. Yeah. See, I was just getting into like seeing videos of like, I mean, Jordan was like on the ascent. Um, and you know, you still had burning magic and I like a friend of mine was like, had this Pete Maravich like mm. documentary that it, like, you know, um, he was watching all the time. And so like, I, I was kind of just enough at like paying attention to basketball at that point that like, I thought it was engaging. Yeah. I didn't really get into basketball until I was like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, really right at the beginning of, like, Jordan. Domination. Like, like Jordan, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when I became a basketball fan was at the tail end of the Bad Boys, um, Pistons. Yeah, so that was, like, 91, 92, like, a yeah, tail end. Yeah, because I was, I was really into Isaiah and, uh, Bill Lambeer, of all people. Hmm. Um, and then after that, uh, I became, like, a Knicks fan. Um, yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. Um, and then just from there, like, I just like watching basketball in general, mostly because we've never really had a team around here. I mean, like, I rooted for the Sixers and followed the Sixers for a long time, but I don't really have, like, my, my heart's not in the Sixers. Like, I don't, you know, right. feel any way if they lose or anything. Sure. Um, but it's not like with, like, you know, like Baltimore sports teams for me, like the Orioles and the Ravens where I actually am invested. Right. Because um, I could care less about Washington, D.C., so I don't care about the Wizards and everything else. Pretty and, much fo- too far and football team? Is that what they're being called right now? What? The, oh, uh, yeah. Is, is so it just it's Washington? The Washington it's, it's the Washington football team. The Washington football team, right. Yeah. Snyder might be in trouble, man. There's a report out today that um one of his former assistants like got illicit footage from a Washington Redskins Man, I'm going to get fucking sued for libel because <laughs> the report that I read uh, implied that this woman has claimed that a former assistant of Snyder's got cut footage from a um, calendar shoot that showed them naked and spliced it all together into a DVD and they presented it to Snyder. That's just like a long DVD of outtakes of all the Washington Redskins cheerleaders like naked doing the calendar shoot. Hmm. So, Snyder. I mean, um, the, denied it. And the guy I mean, that got accused of it denied it. So, right. I hope. I mean, I hope that's not true, just because it's gross. But um, yeah. at the same time, there's part of me that hopes it's true, and this guy goes down burning, um, because he's a piece of shit. The problem with that is, is like, look how long it took him to change the name of the Redskins. I sure. mean, that, that's been something for. A decade, at least, that people have been pushing for that, you know, there needs to be some change there. And he's basically told everybody to go F themselves until the last minute where it's, like, absolutely financially irresponsible to continue on that track anymore. You know, because, like, a lot of that stuff is, even though, like, racism is super popular in this country now, um, like, that kind of racism is losing its support. 
But like, man, that right. dude's just gonna like his, his statement was, I don't, I've never seen it. I had no knowledge of it being made. And how would I remember a ten-year-old videotape anyway, or something like that? So, man, you know, that sounds that's, like so. That sounds like someone else that's always in the news that I always hear all the time. Like, well, how would I remember just, something like that that happened that long ago that, like, you know, affected people's lives? Like, yeah, even though, um, like that person's stuck on ongoing stuff. Snyder's like just got this. Well, Snyder's got plenty of terrible things, but just I'm this sure. one at right. present. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, so Rumblefish, uh, <laughs> worth watching. Um, good, good Cage performance. This is early Cage before he kind of became a meme. So you get um a very controlled, like smoky performance of a guy who you know, handsome young kid being directed by his uncle. I guess right is what Coppola is. Yes. Um, you know, one of his very first film performances. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out then if it's on Peacock, which um, yeah. I think I said like two weeks ago I would, I would come back with a review of Peacock, and um, I didn't. Uh, but I, it's a it's a great it's a great service. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's a really good it's a really good app. Um, uh, I was suspi- I'm suspicious of any new streaming service, I guess, like anymore. But um, for being pretty new, like less than a month old, I mean, not any real technical glitches that I've seen. I think it's a beautiful picture um, on yeah. the, at least on the iPad, which is what, because I actually can't get it for my smart TVs yet. Um, they don't have a deal in place yet, but um, I, I use it on my iPad. Beautiful picture, um, really intuitive con- app controls. Um, I think it was very much. I don't know who's doing it this way, but it's very similar to HBO Max, at least for the iPad um, version. Um, that's really, accurate. And um, but yeah, but I mean, and, and there's not really that many commercials on the things like the movies and stuff like that. There's like you know, like maybe like anywhere from like three to five, it seems, depending on the movie. Yeah. And um, they're pretty un- unobtrusive, twenty, thirty seconds maybe at most. Um, so yeah, I watched a couple of the. Um, couple of movies on there and a couple of the podcast movies and um yeah no I, I i really enjoy it and they have a ton of shit on there um and the thing that's amazing is that like the majority of it's free yeah that's what like, i'm saying I, yeah yeah yeah. I, right. I haven't hit a paywall yet for anything that i've wanted to watch so mm-hmm. I mean, as yeah. far as i'm concerned it's yeah the only thing that i saw that they were advertising this weekend for free but um i'm assuming it was behind a paywall is that adaptation television adaptation um tv series of 1984 no not that uh, Brave New World. Oh, I didn't know. About yeah, I, I saw. I looked at the trailer. It was like okay, like it looked like it was like probably like a fairly like good adaptation, honestly. Um, but right. um, I didn't. I wasn't going to spend the whole weekend watching ten episodes. So. Yeah, um, I might. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Never mind. And I, I hate Brave New World. What am I, I know you did. All right, I know. Yeah, but fuck, fuck that show. I don't care. If it was a movie, you'd watch it, maybe. But yeah, no, I, 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 I have no interest in anything related to Brave New World. I'd rather live in dystopia, which I'm currently doing, <laughs> about it by Aldous Huxley. You <laughs> were living in dystopia. It is not dystopia any longer, Frank. It's past. What is now. it now? Oh, right. I forgot that we were we cured of everything after yes. last night. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's past tense. We're, everything, everything's past tense now. We're, we're not. We're not. No more present tense. Yeah, shit. <laughs> You're talking about how I live my life anyway. 
Actually, that's not true. There is no that, past tense for me. There's only the present. There, there is only pre, there is only present and occasionally future. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say yep. if, any, if anything, it's like I'm the motherfucker that lives with the past tense all the time. Like, I just want to do what I'm doing right now and then keep doing what I'm doing until I don't do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And usually it's enjoyable. Um, so next movie you want to talk about tonight, uh, which is going to be the 29th movie. I looked it up, um, is okay. fast times at Richmond high. Yeah. We're just going to talk about fast times real quick. Uh-huh. Um, I think most people and especially people probably listening to a podcast like this have seen fast times, um, classic, like coming of age movie from the eighties, uh, kind of a segue, even though this movie isn't on the list into a podcast for a couple weeks from now, um, hasn't necessarily aged that well, uh, mostly because of the stereotypes towards homosexuals, especially the way that they're like talked about. Um, also maybe like women a little bit, although there, there's, there's some decent like female portrayals in the movie, but it's, it's kind of male centric and it is pretty, um, some pretty uncomfortable like gay slurs, uh, which you really can't avoid from, you know, like the 1980s in terms of comedies. Like you can't even see like watch Monster Squad without, you know, some, right. some gay slurs getting thrown around. But um, fortunately, I think like most people have changed their, whatever, like their colloquialisms in that sense. And, you know, you don't use like gay or whatever the other equivalents is. Um, hurtful slurs or anything anymore. At least I don't think like our friend group does that at all. I don't really hear it. No, no, but out of our friend, no. I mean, I that seemed. I'd say like mid two thousands. I started hearing that change. Um, I think. Yeah. So I, I remember there was a friend of ours. Um, doesn't live around here anymore, but I remember. I kind of remember the turning point. I want to say it was like oh five, maybe oh six, somewhere in there, where it's like I heard. Like this, no, it wasn't even me. It was like maybe you, like or Bledsoe maybe heard them say uh, a gay slur and how like distasteful like it was um, when it was a pretty common slur I think when we were growing up. So yeah, yeah I want to say it was like mid two thousands. I haven't really heard much of that at all from anybody that we know. Yeah, but anyway, so Nicholas Cage is in this movie for legitimately twelve seconds. Um, and doesn't even do anything in it and is only there, I think, because he's, um, you know, related to Francis Ford Coppola. So known as, uh, Nicholas Coppola in this movie as well. Like that's how he's built. Um, so not even Nicholas Cage yet. Um, I'm with the trivia. Right. But this clears that off of the list too. So that's a plus, um, one, one, one more closer to the sweet freedom of being cage free. Man, it sounds. It sounds to watch a quick with Paul Chaz Palmateri. Is that the claim you tried to make the other night that I had to do like quick Palmateri? Quick Palmateri, yeah. All right, <laughs> I think I did make that. I can't remember if that was through text or on the podcast, but yeah. I think it would be called Fast Chaz. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so you know, I uh, this was always an unpopular opinion that I kept to myself most of the time. I always really disliked Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You've said that before. Okay. I um I guess I don't know if I get why. I mean like I just didn't I like it. it. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I just didn't I think, think it was I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was clever. I didn't think it was amusing. I didn't think it was like, you know, uh, representative of anything that I 
saw a lot of times. Like, I just didn't, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's just that slight age difference of, like, you know, five, oh, no, five to eight years or something, you know? Like, I mean. So, I mean, we. And I don't even mean between you and me and you, just like the, a lot of the people that kind of grew up with it, there's like a, you know, there still is a bit of an age difference. I think the things to me were like the mall in specific and having a job like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of, even though it was a, like a, pretty much a decade before I was in that same position, it was pretty similar, um, especially the going to the mall all the time and like trying to pick up girls at the mall. And, you know, I mean, I, I felt the same way when we watched Freaks and Geeks, you know, and they had this stuff in the mall. Right. Um, it, it felt very similar to me. But it's yeah. like our it's like our discussion always about dazed and confused, you know, like I even though that's not my generation, I still recognize a lot of like people I grew up with and people I knew like in that movie. And the same thing is true with Fast Times. Like I you know, I mean I think we all knew like a Spicoli, you know what I mean? And we all knew people that were like um Sure. Hmm. What's his name? Uh Judge Reinhold or Judd Nelson or the first in that movie right i mean it yeah it's like fast times that, that's that's the yeah that's phoebe kate's being topless right um yeah coming out of the pool right coming out of the pool scene yeah, right. right um yeah um and see that wasn't my phoebe kate's nudity movie growing up that was actually a movie called bodies rest in motion i don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that indie movie from the remember. early yeah um, that was the one that I, um, Oh, another bonus, um, factoid or whatever. This is also Nicolas Cage's first credited film performance. Hmm. Um, and again, as, uh, Nick Coppola, uh, Nicholas Coppola, well, one of the two, um, yeah, do, you know, do, you, do you know the reason for the name change? Was it just to distance himself from Coppola? I don't know because in Valley Girl he's definitely billed as Nicolas Cage, right? Um, so I don't know. Hmm. I'm looking forward to talking about Valley Girl because I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, and I like that. I liked that movie when I was young, and I don't know if I'll still like it today. So, but you got to pay to watch it right now, and I don't feel like paying to watch it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so it's so crazy that there's all these streaming services and we're still paying for shit. Like it's it's ridiculous. Usually, like two or three movies on every podcast. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, and that's the worst. God, like, ugh. it's the worst. I'm, like feeling like when you we we wa- we do that and we end up paying for them, and then like two weeks later they're free and like oh, one right. of, like the eight Never. streaming services. Let me tell you what the worst feeling is: is when I pay for something. And then I finally decide to, like, sort through the boxes of DVDs I have, and I find, like, four movies that I've paid for in the past two weeks just, like, there. And they're, like, Criterion versions with, like, extra shit, so I could seem super knowledgeable about stuff. And instead, I've, like, paid three ninety nine to let Amazon show it to me. Right. Because yeah. for some reason, it's not on the Criterion channel. Like, which, that's so weird to me that, like, there's stuff that Criterion owns, but it's not on the streaming well, service a lot of i mean remember i have criterion dvds back from like i have like some of the first criterion dvds so they've lost the rights to so many things that um 
they just they don't have the right to stream anymore. Which that's so crazy to me. I thought I, I've always thought like maybe and maybe it's just me in my ignorance, but like when Criterion was putting stuff out and like I first learned about, it, I I thought the idea was that it was like it was like a, almost like a preservation was like you know like a stamp of approval and preservation was the idea behind that. Like how could you lose rights to it? Like it makes no oh. sense to me. Like that. You, that if, if you're going to say this is a movie that we think is like you know like important to cinema in some way and like you know put out in these this, this special elite collection how the f would you let yourself lose rights to it 10 well, 15 years later I'm, I'm gonna try and give some perspective on this from what i remember of it okay so when blu-ray first came out criterion didn't immediately adopt blu-ray as a format and I want to say it might be Kino Video got the rights to the Blu-ray versions of Contempt, Ron, some other, like, big, whatever, like, art house movies from, like, the 60s and 70s. And I think that they, like, never got, I don't know the criteria, I never got the rights back. So I'm almost positive that Contempt. You can't see the Criterion anywhere streaming. Hmm. Ron, I think it's the same way because when you watch Ron, you don't get the Criterion version; you get a different version of it. There's a couple other like there's another Kurosawa movie that's like that, and there's some other ones from. Maybe they lost. And I think they still have all the Fellini. I, I can't remember who else it is, but there was like five or six movies that were really big, like seminal, you know, like foreign art house movies that this other company and I want to say it was Kino Video. Um, got the rights to, and their rays were trash, like nowhere near the. Because I, I think I own that Blu-ray of Ron, but nowhere near like the perform the packaging and um, whatever that Criterion did. So I might be wrong about those titles too, but I do remember it was something like that. I know definitely Contempt, Straw Dogs was another one they lost the rights to for some reason. Um, so like the Straw Dogs Criterion is really rare. There's a few other ones that they just they don't have the rights to them anymore. Their um, DVDs are like pretty pretty collectible, I guess. I say this as I look at like a pile of several hundred like DVDs as I wait to get my bookshelf to put them on. That's the one thing I said I was never going to do again, and I've broken my promise. But I said I was never going to like get those DVDs out. I was going to like sell them, mm -hmm. and now like getting from bookshelves so I can put them up and like look at them. Right, and never do anything with them. Yeah, because that's a pain in the ass to put it in your PlayStation. It really is. Yeah, like, that's, that's not a joke. I mean, that's, that's, that's sincere. Across the room, like that's a lot of walking. And then you gotta like remember: is it the top button or the bottom button to like open up, like you know, and get the D, the DVD that's in there out? And it's it's, it's it's the bottom button. That's 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 not that tough. But, but I, I I do agree with that point. I do have a moment of trepidation every time I do it, although I always get it right. I, I will say. Yeah, me too. I, uh, except for the one time I got it wrong, and then and then, I, then I then I then I'm fucked. I'm always second guessing myself at that point. Yeah. Well, even though I know it's the bottom one, like I always like, uh, is it the bottom or the top? Like which one did I hit that one time four years ago? Like, um. But yeah, there's that process. Then there's like the load. Oh my god, there's the screens. Like you know, oh, it's like god. oh, I can't skip past this screen or this ad or this trailer and it's like oh my god just let me like fast forward this like a vhs or something Ugh. listen i got a dvd the other day of a movie called left bank it's a horror movie from like 
the mid 2000s. That's not available anywhere. It's been out of print for a while. Um, But I got it for super cheap off eBay, and I've wanted to see it for a minute. Um, It's an IFC DVD. I swear to God, nine trailers before it lets you get to the menu screen. Mm. I finally realized that I could skip through them with the um, L2 or the R2 button on the uh, PlayStation controller, Mm. but me three trailers to get to that point and i was getting real depressed because i was like my god i might not be able to watch this movie like i don't want to see trailers for this shit right right um that's um uh does like sandy desert setting movie of like a spy political socio-political thriller from the 2000s that's not syria Maybe Ralph Ralph Fiennes is in it. Do you remember what this was? The Constant Gardener. There you go. Thank you. Good job. Um, yeah, that the Constant Gardener was the thing that made me be done with DVDs, and we're getting close now. Like that's like what oh six, you think? Like something like that? Like oh five oh six? That's getting close to like me just being done with movies in general. So actually, maybe that's what happened. Is like it was all white people movies, and I got so tired of Constant Gardener. Well, the, well, right. The constant gardener point is that the constant gardener like had like nine trailers, um, right. and you couldn't skip them. Yeah, there was you, just a, to, you just had to take it. There was something else. Oh, fucking one of the like Batman Dawn of Justice or something, the um extended cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. A million trailers in front of it, and then like it was an indecipherable menu. Like it was all it was a bad experience. <laughs> And I'm one of the few people that like actually enjoys that movie quite a yeah. bit. And, and I was so angry, like when we put that movie in, and we're trying to get to actually watch the movie. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah, else I don't? You know what else I don't miss with DVDs is like the um, the damn menu um that has audio and like a, a loop to oh, it, right. and it just and you and you sit there and the movie stops and then it goes back to the menu and then you're too fucking lazy to get up, so you just sit there and for like three hours just like listen to the fucking loop um of the main menu like over and over and over so i'm almost positive that if you leave the american ring remake doing that in your um dvd player Mm -hmm. it will eventually loop to like the video like you're watching the kurtz video or whatever Hmm. which is real fucking scary the first time that happens that's funny I, I mean, like at least for startling. I don't know if scary is the right word, but like it really catches you off guard. Sure. I, I, I think that's the one that it happens with. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. That's cool. It should, do, it should do all of that. Like, you know, um, yeah. It's and like, then you're putting ring and then you should die. <laughs> my you, right, right. You should. I mean, if you've, if, if you've let it like run that long, yeah, maybe you should. Uh, right. Well, maybe you're doing something else, you know? Like, you're drawing a picture or reading a book or something, and it's just there. Like, don't judge people. You don't know what we're doing. Oh, okay. So, um... All right, so... So, okay, so I, I, I quickly, like, you know, like, I, I know it's, like, impossible. Do you just want to do, like, a, like, a, like, an NR, like, no rating, like, for the cage performances on these, since they're so minor? Um, I think that it's, uh... I think it's a solid six cage performance in um in Rumblefish. I mean, he's he's in it enough where you get a good feel for him. Okay, uh, it's definitely an NR in um Fast Times. Okay, 
But it's, it's his debut movie, so that's what started him on the path to greatness and like right. shoved him into all of our hearts. Old Nicholas Coppola. Do you have Nicholas Cage things pop up in your feeds and shit like that? Never. Mm-mm. I don't really? know how I don't. Yeah. That's crazy. I never see any news about because, it. It's because I'm the one that fucking posts all this shit. So, like, I'm, like, looking up the Nicolas Cage movies and, like, you know, typing Nicolas Cage's name in the shit, probably. Like, buddy, I have Nicolas Cage's filmography saved in my thing, like, favorites in Safari. Like, I have to, like. Oh, that's your problem. Ne- never mind. Never mind. That's your. That's your. That's, that's why you're not getting it because Safari. Why? No, it's not why. They no, it's exactly that. that's exactly why it is. Like, you know, like um, I I use Chrome and it I'm signed in the Chrome and Google owns my life and Google just like, you know, looks at everything I search and just feeds me shit. Like no, yeah, Google for anything. We've been looking at like maybe like getting like a sleep number or a purple mattress. So I was doing research last week and I have not gotten a a, a mattress, not gotten a mattress ad on YouTube for um, two weeks now. <laughs> oh, I don't get any ads on YouTube because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a plebeian that has to like watch for YouTube. Right. It's really worth it. It's like twelve dollars a month. Like, I mean, that's that's the cost of a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> that was a joke, but. It's really not that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So um, we're not going to take a guess on next week um, because it, it sounds like be- it sounds it sounds like you're it's honestly it sounds like you're starting to break like with the Nicolas Cage shit. No, no. I just got to the four movies I have left that we haven't talked about that I've watched that are on my list. I don't want to talk about them. I do want to talk about Captain Carly's Mandolin, but I really want to save it until I'm like super into talking about it. Right. And I'm just not super into anything right now. Like, I just had to go back to work today after being on vacation, so I'm kind of depressed. And I didn't have anything to drink tonight, so that's also depressing. So, yeah. Catch me next week. It'll be better. Okay. All right. Okay. And I got to watch some more New Cage stuff. Like, I got to find, um, you know, some hidden gem fucking straight to video nonsense that he did. Well, throw, throw rock. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, oh, you know, that reminds me. I started, rock, I started watching Red Rock West, and I was really into it. And I was like, I really need to like devote enough time to this movie to watch the whole thing in one sitting. So I stopped. Oh, right. Where is is that? Like Max Peacock. or Peacock, or is Peacock? Okay. It's on Peacock, yeah. Peacock has Bad Lieutenant, Court of Call, New Orleans, Red Rock West, Rumblefish, uh, like three other ones. Yeah, I think one I. Pro- where, I think I promised his wife like molest a kid or something. I don't know. Fantastic. Okay. Press pass, I think, is what it's called. Mm. You might not molest anybody in that. I just might be inferring that molestation occurred. Because... <laughs> that's the trespass in your mind. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's that's a pretty bad trespass. It it, it is. Uh, it's it's the most extreme trespass. I right. Think. I'm, I'm using I... a Shakespearean term. <laughs> right. 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 Um, I think I. I think. I think I promised that when you watch Red Rock West, I would rewatch Red Rock West for like because we I've never actually well no we did do that with Color Out of Space I did watch one of the Cage movies. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it this weekend if you want to watch it. So okay, yeah, I'll do that Saturday. Okay. All right, cool. Okay, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yep. Have a good night.